Peace and blessings. How are everybody doing? We're closing out the month of October with a story that just, I guess, came back to the internet because I don't even recall seeing this story, but uh, on my For You page on social media, I kept seeing this trend again, and it's a story a horrific story in a real life nightmare of a, a a child who was being abused by his parents. And the way this came to fruition was Charlie Bothell the fifth. He was at the time 13 years old. Um, well, at that time he's 12 years old when his, uh, he went, missing and it became a national story and the father Charlie Bothell um the fourth and the stepmother Monique Dillard Bothwell Bothwell um they ended up eventually being charged um for many abuses of this child so Charlie the fifth uh was missing for 11 days back in June 14th of 2014. And his parents um, could not find him supposedly. But what it was is this young man was smart enough to hide in the basement where they couldn't find him because this young man was tired of being beat up by his father and his and being tortured by his parents. So the authorities had to get involved because the parents couldn't find the boy no more. Imagine that. Anyway, uh, Charlie and the father, Charlie, and the mother, Monique, uh, reported him missing on June 14th. The police found him hiding behind a pile of boxes in the couple's basement on June 25th while his father was being interviewed on national television by the great Nancy Grace. Nancy Grace is a journalist and she came, you know, to be a popular commentator of children being missing because of her own life story of something happening to her. And she got passionate about that. So that's her area of expertise is like murders and things that happen to children. So this couple was charged with torture, second degree um, child abuse after the child was found to be in poor condition um, with marks on his upper body. Um, the two were accused of abusing the child. They didn't give him food. They forced him to live in the basement, engaged in some weird activities. Um, um, the child who, you know, at that time um, eventually had to testify um, against his parents said that he complied with his stepmother's uh, demands that he remained hidden in the basement because he didn't know what would happen if he was found. And quote, I didn't think that anybody would believe me, the younger younger child said. I had been threatened before that she would kill me. That's a real life nightmare. He said he heard his stepmother call his father and tell him he was missing after she ordered him into a cramped hidden spot that was set up in the basement. He never tried to escape and remained quiet when police searched the basement out of fear because my word didn't really matter to her. That's what he said. They made him eat 
uh, protein shakes and dry cereal. Uh, well, she did during the 11 day time period. Sometimes he would sneak upstairs for food and use the bathroom when no one was home. But the young child felt very happy that authorities found him and took him to a McDonald's so he could eat a real meal. And then he had to go to the children's hospital to be examined. Quote, I feel happy and relieved that I didn't have to be in the basement, that there were people who actually believed what happened to me. This is so, so scary because, you know, we don't know what our neighbors are doing to their children, their family members. You look at people and I'm pretty sure his neighbors, um, the neighbors of, of this family probably saw a happy family. They just seen the child smile and see the parents act nice. And at the end of the day, once that door closes, anything could be happening behind the scenes. Um, this child, uh, this teen at the time also testified that, you know, he was uh, physically abused. His father uh, drove a piece of pipe into his chest, twisted about two months before the police found him in the home. Um, I don't know. But here's the update. Um, in a cross-examination, defense attorney sought to discredit the, the son saying that there were no locks on the doors, bathrooms, and refrigerator that kept him from getting food or freely leaving the basement. But see, if somebody has threatened you, you don't have to have locks on the doors. You would be, I would be definitely afraid. If I was a child, I would be definitely afraid to actually leave even though he could freely go about the place and when asked um the younger uh, child said or the younger teenager he said i didn't know what would happen that's why he stayed in the basement hiding spot um he had problems at school uh that led him to being sent to live with his father and being placed in you know a rigorous situation now, at the time when he was sent to live with his father, he was overweight and the parents and the doctor wanted him to lose weight. And so that led them to pushing him to do protein shakes and things of that nature. But I think they took it too far. The, the, the stuff that he was, uh, the prosecutor said that what this young man had to endure was extreme and unreasonable. And even though there are other things going on, that young that young man had already had problems before moving to the house, but being with his his parent just made it that much worse. And I have a lot of questions like, you know, the mother of his son, where is she at? Was she stable enough or how did he end up with the father? I'm thinking maybe the mom was unstable and didn't have you know, the, the stability to take care of her son or, you know, he started acting up as teenagers do. And the parent, the mother, if their parents is no longer together, the mother would say, well, you're going to take your son now. You, you can deal with him. I can't deal with him no more. There's a lot more to the story um, that I don't know, but I just think that it's really sad that the young man, um, I just hope that he's getting counseling and, as he's gotten older, I just wonder what has happened to him in his real life nightmare, having his 
his uh, life turned upside down by being sent to the basement and, you know, fed a diet of nothing <laughs> because he, even though he was like overweight in the beginning, they, they put him in a, a very dangerous situation with the weight and him just, you know, protein powders and water. Yeah. You could lose a lot of weight that way. Cause I've done it too, but it's not healthy. Uh, after a while, you're going to want to have regular balanced meals and snacks and all that stuff. So I think they could have uh, supported him in a better way for the weight loss situation. And the physical abuse, there's no excuse for the physical abuse. There's no excuse for the father hitting his son um, and putting his hands on him. So I hope that these parents learn their lesson. And I hope that um, Charlie ended up with family members that actually care for him and give him the support he needs and the help he needs because I can only imagine that he probably has PTSD and all kinds of other and he might even had an onset of a mental health condition um, after experiencing this emotionally traumatic verbally and physically abusive situation at such a young age and so I chose this as a learning lesson that you know, just because you see something and it looks pretty on the outside doesn't mean on the inside it's pretty because I grew up in a house that had a lot of domestic violence. And, you know, if you would look at our pictures, everything looked picture perfect. You know, we had the perfect outfit on. It was tucked in right. We had the right colors on. Nothing was out of place. The hair was always done. My brothers looked good. I looked good. The house looked good on the outside, but inside it was a horror. My father was an abusive man. He, um, you know, he he did what he did. <laughs> and, you know, the house, it, it was like, it was uh, so chaotic in our house. You know, if you didn't see blood or you didn't hear screams, it wasn't a regular day. It was a very uh, abnormal childhood. And I had to do a lot of self-work and reflection uh, in my adult years as I got closer to like having my relationships and just thinking about what I wanted my adult life to look like. I had to be intentional on, on having peace, self-care, love, and, and all these other things that I didn't get when I was a young child and what I seen my mom go through. And, you know, it wasn't her fault. My father was a very aggressive and abusive personality because he had a lot of trauma and pain in his life that he didn't know where to place. And so with all that being said is we as individuals, we have to figure out where we're going to do the work in our life so we will, will not hurt other people. You have to be mindful that if you have trauma and you have unhealed trauma, it's going to fester into something else. So that's why I was intentional in my life. And that's why my mom was intentional. After she left her relationship with my father, she actually got better in her life and found her own path to her peace. I had to find my own path to my peace and my serenity and my self-care and loving myself in a positive path in life. You know, a lot of people do go through traumatic situations, but if it's unhealed, they end up hurting other people. They end up... Um, you know, doing like this, having a, you know, house and, and abu be abusing a child. 
you know, it makes me wonder what, you know, kind of uh, childhood Charlie's father had and the mother as well. Not that that's an excuse for their behavior, because I'm not excusing their behavior at all. They had no right to put their hands on that child because the child is an innocent being. Um, but that being said, I'm glad to like see that he was able to get out of that situation. And there was another trending story that I saw where an individual was like on a Judge Mathis show. And it was like one of those those uh, uh, court cases where Judge Mathis uh, was interviewing and talking to a uncle of a young child, uh, of a teenager who, I guess, the teenager came to live with him after... Uh, he wasn't able to stay with his family because his mom and dad were out of the picture. Um, and this young man had a, a medical condition and his uncle was treating him worse than people on the street. And Judge Mathis had stopped the show to say, what are you doing to this child? You are breaking this child's heart. This, this, this teenager doesn't want to be in the streets. He's trying to get away from the game. He wants to do something positive. As the adult in the situation, you're supposed to be helping to guide him, support him, provide some structure instead of giving... No, there's a difference between, in that situation, giving him tough love and being abusive. And, and also in this case, the uncle came off as if he was being an abusive personality. And the teenager in the case was crying and Judge Mathis had tears in his eyes because he had asked the bailiff to get him some tissue. And Judge Mathis said, I see a lot in this young man. I see him as myself when I was struggling and I was trying to stay out of the streets and I was crying out for help. You got to know that what you're doing is past tough love. You got to have a balance in there somewhere. I'm happy to report, you know, I was looking and looking in the threads and I guess some people were commenting that this young man um, went on to have a positive life. He went on to be a pastor, married with children. And I was so happy to, to see that there was something positive that happened in that case for that young man. Because looking at that episode was very heartbreaking to see the young man in tears because his uncle basically was uh, playing him to the left and, and treating him really bad. And his aunt, she didn't even do anything. She just sat there and I guess she thought her husband was right, but I'm, I'm glad that the young man got his life together, got himself on a positive path and moved on. Um, and I hope the same for Charlie in the first case that we talked about. At the end of the day, we all have choices to make in our life and what we want to do. And if you can stay true to yourself, you, your heart will lead you to the right place. It will lead you to the right place. But you got to be open for change. You got to be open and, and, and have a foundation of something that's going to assist you in your positive moving forward. You got to have resources, maybe people, maybe a mentor, maybe uh, uh, some kind of thing that's going to help you move forward. And, you know, I'm sure that's what happened to the second man 
the young man in the second case on the Judge Mathis show, he positioned himself after a while around positive people. He probably met somebody, maybe a mentor or someone that helped to guide him out of the situation. And maybe even Judge Mathis on the side became his mentor after the show because he was really moved during the show. He was really upset and he didn't like how the uncle was treating the young man. So I can imagine maybe Judge Mathis did have something to do with maybe connecting that young man after the show to some kind of resource that helped him get his life on a different path, which I, I think is probably what happened. Um, but like I said, stay true to yourself and the rest will follow. Remember, we are all here on this journey and we all struggle with different things, especially when it comes to trauma. And sometimes the real life nightmare is not uh, Michael, you know, fictional characters like Michael Myers or Freddy. You got real life you know, uh, demons, devils, <laughs> and, and people that are not the best around us. That can be our neighbor, can even be a coworker. So that is my non-traditional way of talking about the real nightmares <laughs> of life. But you can also find a lesson in even these tragic and not so good moment. I'll talk to you guys soon as we enter the month of November.